You're listening to Hawk Talk with former Seahawks wide receiver Michael Bumpus. At the 10-yard line, second and eight. Three wide receivers now in motion as Bumpus left to right. Julius Jones with single setback. Matt Pumpfakes looking to the goal line. He throws it into the end zone. Touchdown, Seahawks! It's Michael Bumpus with a diving catch in the end zone. A 10-yard touchdown reception for Bumpus, and the kid out of Washington State has found himself a place on this team. Powered by Seahawks.com. What up, folks? This is Michael Bumpus, and you're listening to Hawk Talk, the recap edition. Unfortunately, the Seahawks fall to the Cardinals 27-13, but, folks, it doesn't change anything. They can still win the NFC West. So let's get some positivity going out here, 12s. Like usual, we're going to start off the episode by talking to the big guy, Ray Roberts. How you doing, Ray? I'm doing pretty good, buddy. Getting ready for the holidays. Have a little family time, a little downtime. There we go. There we go. You got all your shopping done? Everything's good? Ready to go? Eh, I only have to do like a few little emergency runs today, but uh, for the most part, yeah. You're better than me. I'm last minute. I'll be at the mall <laughs> a little later. <laughs> so let's get into this game, man. What do you think was the biggest factor in yesterday's loss? You know what? I'm a, for the first time, like I, I, you normally don't see a Pete Carroll team uh, do something like this, but I almost think that they were they were probably looking past this game a little bit. Not that they were like thinking they were going to roll their helmets out there and win the football game, but I, I think that they, you know, obviously know there's a lot riding on that last game with the 49ers, and I, I, I honestly think they they may have lost a little focus a little bit, even though they started out the game like gangbusters. I mean, the offense went right down the field, got a touchdown, everything looked great, but then nothing happened after that. And so uh, uh, the the Cardinals came here, you know, pretty much with nothing to lose. This is their, their, kind of the Super Bowl for them. They could be spoiler to, to a couple teams and things. And so they, they just came up here and just, just seemed to have a little bit more of an edge than we had. I saw your tweet on Jamarco Jones. You're saying you're still behind the young man. You think that he could right his wrongs um, after this past week? Absolutely, man. Like, I, I've been in that position before. And, like, you know, sometimes, you know, young guys will have a bad game and everybody want to write them off or call them trash or whatever. But, man, that's just part of the process, man. Like, I, I've, I've had that type of game before where you just can't seem to, to get anything right. And I was a young guy playing against some veteran dudes. His name was actually Anthony Smith from the Raiders. I actually got benched. It was like my rookie year. And they, they sat me down for like a quarter. And then the second quarter, and I came back in the second half. But uh, but you have those types of games. And those games you can you, you grow from. And he's athletic enough. He's a good enough football player. I think he's going to be around for a long time. Uh, that he just needs to correct some, some technical things. And uh, I think he'll be all right. Now, the Hawks lost Chris Carson for the year um, as a, a fracture in his hip. Um, how big is that loss? And do you think that uh, Travis Homer and whoever else they bring in is going to be able to fill that void. You know what? This is like, uh, as an offensive lineman, like this is almost like an offensive lineman's dream, this situation that the Seahawks are in. Because th- this, the, the success of this season is resting squarely on the shoulders of the offensive line as it relates to the offense. Because it doesn't matter who they put back there. Whatever uh, back they find to bring in or sign, and with Travis Homer, uh, and then also protecting Russell Wilson, it is going to be up to the offensive line room to man up, buckle up, strap it on, and then go out there and put this offense on the back on their back and and make it happen. Create some holes, running lanes for the running back, create some protection for Russell Wilson, and uh, and and really take on that challenge. They've been a, a strength, uh, a positive for this team for the last couple of years, 
And right now it's time for them to really uh, create a reputation, earn their keep, if you want to call it that, uh, and really go out and take over this game and take over this, the rest of the season and just put, put the success on, on, their, on, the, on their backs and, and run with it. Now, there, there are rumors going around that Marshawn Lynch could sign with the Seattle Seahawks. What do you think his presence will do to this offense? Well, I think it'll galvanize the, the locker room a little bit. The dude just has a – there's something about him. He just – it doesn't matter, uh, you know, when he comes to a team or how he, he gets to the team. He has this it factor. It just kind of galvanizes everybody and gets everyone pumped up. I'm sure some of the fans will be excited to have him back. And, uh, you know, anything you can get out of him. Like, you can't count that dude out. He's just a different type of dude. And so uh, I, I think he can come in, give you a handful of carries, and – you know, spell uh, Homer, I think, for a little bit, and then just see what you can get out of him, man. Like, you, you just never know. You never know with that dude because uh, he's just a different cat than most guys. I'm excited about it. Like, I, I got excited just watching people tweet about it last night. And uh, and so the fact that uh, I think he may be coming to town for a physical or something uh, gets me even more excited. So, you know, anything will help. You're going to have to have somebody back there. And uh, so why not have Marshawn Lynch? No, I'm with you. I'm excited as well. So let's let's talk about the other side of the ball, the defensive side of the ball. Um, Quandre Diggs didn't play. Jadavian didn't play. Um, how big was that, was not having those two guys out there? How, how big was that impact? Well, I think it was, it, I think it was, a, big, it was a big deal. Uh, and then not having Al Woods either, like in the middle of the defense, because uh, they were getting some pretty good movement there. I don't know if uh, – you know, Reed and Jefferson and, and those other guys in the middle uh, need to, to bone up the middle of that that uh, defensive line a little bit. There's just too much space to run. Uh, obviously, the big 80, 84, 80-plus 80 yard touchdown run uh, wasn't uh, really cool to see. You never see that, that type of stuff against the Seahawks. But, uh, you know, they, they just didn't seem to have – I don't want to say they didn't have the energy. It just seemed that, like um, – I think Dave Wyman said it. In the chess match of offense versus defense, it seemed as if the Cardinals kept making the right move. Uh, so, so, like, even on that 84-yard touchdown run, it looked like Kendricks and, and Wagner were blitzing on the backside, and they, they hit the plate on the front side. And so then there was, there was only, like, two or three defenders over there against three or four or five guys that they were pulling on that play. And, uh, and so it just, it just happened to be the perfect play call against the – the, the defense that they had called. And so it just seemed like they kept getting hits like that all, all day long. And so uh, to be honest with the bump, it was like this game was like me trying to cook. <laughs> it was a disaster. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like if, you, if you ever saw me try to cook anything, I don't care if it's toast, the kitchen is going to be an absolute mess. And that's what this game was. And so it's one of those games, and fans don't always like to hear it, uh, where you just go, you know what? We're going to dig a hole and bury the tape, and we're never going to look at it, and we're going to put our focus on the San Francisco 49ers. We still have something to play for. Uh, it's the end of the season. You know, I said last night, I've been on a lot of teams where at this time of the year, the only thing we're playing for is who can get to the airport faster to get home. Like, that's all we're, that's all we're playing for. And these dudes are playing for an opportunity to possibly have a, a, a playoff game here at CenturyLink, and you're still you're still in the mix to get to the Super Bowl. So I'm still excited. It's a little disappointing that the game didn't go the way you'd want it to go, but it's no reason to panic. There's no reason to sign them off. And as long as you have Russell Wilson, Bobby Wagner, and 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 uh, Pete Carroll, you're gonna have a chance. 
Yeah, I feel you. I, I'm glad that you blessed us and calmed us down because they still have an NFC West that they could win. They're in the playoffs. They got big things ahead. So I appreciate the wise words of Ray Roberts. Ray, thanks for taking time out of your busy day to holler at us. No, I appreciate it, Big Bump. Merry Christmas, buddy. Happy happy holidays. I hope your family's feeling better. Same to you and yours, man. Appreciate you. Peace. All right, we're going to move along to our main takeaways. What did we take away from this game? The Seahawks were beat in all phases of the game against the Cardinals. But, Nass, it is what it is. This is the NFL. There are going to be days like this. No one wins every single game. Only one team has done that in NFL history. Yep, yep. And, you know, other than the Dolphins and the Patriots even lost in the Super Bowl that one time. I mean, it's it's hard for me. I've had to challenge myself. Listening to Pete Carroll this morning has really, it's been like a therapy session for me. Because after the game, it's like, you know, you lose Carson. You lose ProSize. Dwayne Brown had surgery this morning. So you're like, it, it's easy to be bummed out. The game did not go away in any phase of the game. But that's it. Just like Pete said, it doesn't matter. The coaches were done with yesterday's game at 8 o'clock. Everything's towards the Niners because everything's still in front of us. So, no, I feel good. I feel a lot better now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do feel better. The drive up here was uh, – it kind of sucked, but now yeah. I'm all right. <laughs> yeah, no, we're good now. <laughs> I feel good now. Russell Wilson was sacked five times and took a beating. They got to protect this man, though. They got to keep him upright. No Russell Wilson, no chance of winning. Yeah, pretty much. Russell's the guy, obviously. Everything – the key to what we do offensively. And, yeah, it was just a tough day. I mean, Ray kind of spoke to a little bit. You had Jamarco Jones out there, who's played really well for us at times this year and at times played really well yesterday. Um, it was just tough. They Chandler Jones – has like 19 sacks, man. The dude is a monster. We saw that yesterday. So I think those are, those are things that can get cleaned up, but it definitely needs to happen because Russell can't be getting hit that much. Yep. Another takeaway. After the first drive, the Hawks went on him. Punt, 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 in a half, fumble, a couple more punts. Just couldn't get that offense going. And I think that's predicated on just all the missing and moving pieces. Mm-hmm. And I think Ray hit it on the head. It seems like the Cardinals just had every answer to the test. Like, whatever the Hawks did, there was a counter for it, and they were calling blitzes at the right time. It just seemed like they were one move ahead of the Hawks all day. Yeah, it was tough, man. And then I think um, when you lose Procise and you lose Carson, and Homer, I mean, obviously they're really high on Homer, and I think Homer can be a really good football player, but that's tough, man. That's tough to now step in that situation where you're getting all the reps. And you would know this, Bump, when you're when you're now asked to play a lot on offense, when you're on all the other special teams, yeah. I mean, it's a lot to handle for a young kid. And then also, when you get behind and you're playing from behind, the whole everything got out of whack. I mean, coaches talk about all the time, right? Don't get behind the sticks. Yep. And it felt like they were behind the sticks the entire afternoon. Behind the sticks, and they were like one for 12 on third downs. You know, it, it's just yeah. you, you, you can't go one for 12 on third down. You can't give up long drives like they did. They got it close within seven, but then gave up a nine-play, 78-yard um, touchdown. It's It was just – it was like a bad dream. Everything yeah. that could go wrong went wrong. Size goes down. Carson goes down. Dwayne's not there. Upati had a stinger. Upati had a stinger. Uh, Shaquille's out. Uh, Jamarco didn't have his, his greatest game. He, he – Finally looked like a rookie, like a young guy, you know. So um, it was just the perfect storm, man. And these podcasts are the hardest to do because internally we know that they're going to be okay. Of course. Like we really feel they're going to be okay. Yeah, we're not, we're not making it up. We're not just trying to be homers, you know. But it is real. We know they're going to be okay. We've seen it happen in this building. It was just a tough day, man. A tough day. And with all that being said, they're still playing for the division on Sunday. Got Flex a Sunday night football. So mm-hmm. make sure you guys tune in and watch the Hawks get this done. So now we're going to move along to our top performers. We're going to start with Rasheem Green. He had six tackles, one pass defense, one tackle for loss. I like seeing 
where this guy is going. He started off the season really good, um, kind of disappeared for a bit. But as of late, he's been coming around and making a lot of plays. I love what Green is doing. He's just consistent, man. He's been consistently good in the run game. He's been consistently um, – yeah, he's just – no, you're good. He's just been – it's just one of those things where you watch him, and it's great to see a young guy like that in his second year really maturing. He's great in the run game, and he's had two blocked field goals. Yeah. I mean, and the one yesterday – he could have blocked that with his chest. I mean, he came through, got skinny, did exactly what you're supposed to do, and that was, I thought that was going to be the spark the Seahawks needed yeah. yesterday. Obviously, they just couldn't quite get over the hump, but it's great to see a young man like Rasheem Green getting after it. Rasheem Green getting her done. Also, Bobby Wagner led the team with 13 tackles, one sack, two tackles for loss, one QB hit. Has there been a game where he hasn't been in double digits? I tackles? don't think so. I think he, I mean, that's just, it's Bobby Wagner. So when you look at the stat line, when you look at stats, you know, if Wagner's playing, he's going to be double-digit tackles. And to me personally, I thought that was one of the best games he's played all year. Yeah. Even though he had the ankle injury, he just kind of looked explosive. He looked like he was coming downhill and making plays, so it's always great to see from Bobby. B-Wag's getting it done. Also, Akeem King had three tackles, two pass defenses, and did a good job filling in for Shaquille Griffin. And that's a tall task. He's having mm-hmm. the best year of his career, maybe, um, Shaquille Griffin. And Hakeem Kim has typically been playing in that nickel spot in the inside mm-hmm. with a little more less space to cover. So for him to come out and, and play a decent game is encouraging for sure. Yeah, the great thing, like I said, he had a couple pass defense. And the cool thing about it, too, is other than the plays you saw him make, you weren't saying his name, which yeah. a lot of times as a corner, that's a good thing. We're not People aren't worried about you. You're not giving big plays. There may have been one ball caught in front of him. I don't know if that actually even happened. So he he's playing lights out. Yep. Jacob Hollister, Mr. Consistent, five receptions for 64 yards. I think they found their tight end. Obviously, there's still Luke when Dissy gets healthy. Um, but Jacob has done a great job filling in. Yeah, I mean, he's just a great weapon. I mean, he has now become your go-to receiver in that tight end room. All right, here's the receiver roundup. We just talked about Hollister had five catches for 64 yards. Travis Homer had six catches for 26. Malik Turner had one catch for 23. David Moore had one for 21. Chris Carson had one catch for 20. Tyler Lockett, one catch for 12. And uh, Nick Ballore had the lone touchdown thrown by Russell Wilson. He had one catch for three yards and touchdown. DK Metcalf only had one target that game. Yeah, Bump, when you look at this receiver roundup that we do every week, the most shocking thing is to see Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf with one reception between the two of them. And and also, this is the crazy thing. Tyler Lockett, usually when you look at this, you go, in Tyler Lockett game, he'll have seven receptions, 110 yards, and a touchdown on eight targets. Yeah. But you look at this today, and granted, some of these are, are late in the game. It's kind of Hail Mary type stuff. But to see one reception in, in eight targets is just – is kind of st- shocking to me. Yeah, and that's a stat right there, again, that reassures me that this was just a bad day. Yeah. He doesn't get eight targets and only get one reception. That, you said it right. If he gets eight, eight targets, he's probably getting seven catches. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if he goes eight for eight. So it was just one of those days for the Seahawks. And when Tyler Lockett is not putting up numbers, DK is not putting up numbers, it's going to be a rough day. So now we're going to go to the coach's corner. Russell Wilson finds Nick Ballore for a three-yard touchdown. High backs behind Russell. First and goal. Play fake. Dump it over the top. Catch is made. Touchdown! Seahawks! A three-yard touchdown reception by Nick Ballore. The fullback almost never used offensively except to block. This time comes out of the backfield, runs to the front corner of the end zone, and Russell lays it right up over the top, and the Seahawks for the second week in a row, have scored the first time they have the ball. 
Yeah, what I like about this play is typically when they do their play action, when the Seahawks do their play action, say they 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 fake the handoff right and they usually roll out and look backside. Mm-hmm. This play right here, they go to the play side. It looks like a lead lead stretch play right there. Russell fakes it to Chris Carson. Ballore does a great job. He chips the end, mm-hmm. sells the run, and then floats into the end zone. Nice little touch pass over the top. People, I think people take for granted how hard – that throw is because you could easily that thing can get away from you and Russell just dropped a nice little dime over the top below a fullback mm-hmm. uses his hands and caught the rock well and it's yeah you're right it, it is a short route and that's one that you can easily airmail or throw down in his feet but like you mentioned it he Chandler Jones is the guy he chipped there yeah so that's a big one to really sell the to sell the run fake and then go out and catch it in the flat and it's good to see man Nick Ballore is a jack of all trades that man used to play linebacker really okay and then he moved over he's, play, he's playing fullback now I think he's I think he's had a bunch of tackles in his career He's had a sack. He's now caught a touchdown. I mean, Nick Bloor is a jack of all trades. He's a great special teams guy. So it's good to see the fullback getting getting a little love. You know, what and, I mean? and you said the fullback. That's a dying breed, man. exactly. So to see to see a number forty something mm-hmm. <laughs> getting in the end zone is lovely. So the best thing, what do we learn from this? All right, everything is still in play. You win this week. The Hawks win the NFC West and all is well. I think the hardest part is going to be for us. For the yeah. fans, for the media, it's just enduring this week and turning on other networks and seeing them just trash the Hawks. Oh, They've already goodness. been trashing the Hawks all year, so they're gonna go in on them this week. Yeah, when I I got home after our post game show yesterday and turned on Sports Center, I'm just like, ah, here we go. And and it's the whole doom and gloom. And they're not as close to the team, obviously, as me and you are. Or anyone listening to this podcast who follows this team lives, breathes, and dies with this team. So we know the guys in that locker room. And encouraging stuff from Pete today. He thinks JD is going to come back. Yeah. Devion Clowney. He thinks Shaquille Griffin could come back. Diggs is still going to be a toss-up. But if you have those guys, we saw what Clowney did against the 49ers the first time. Yeah. yeah. And then it's the leadership. Mm-hmm. You got Pete Carroll. He's won championships in college. He's done it in the NFL. Do you have Russell Wilson, the most positive and maybe mentally tough dude that mm-hmm. I've ever met? Um, you got those two guys leading the charge. It has to filter throughout the oh, locker yeah. room. So I'm 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 encouraged by just having those two guys in the building alone. Of course, you need you need confidence like that, and those two leaders are definitely. I would not if I had to put if I had to put mortgage in my house. <laughs> I would want those two to be in charge of it because those are the guys that are just rock solid. Yes, sir. It's time to shock the world. Let's go 12. Stand tall. Be positive. Mm-hmm. Niners are coming into town. Primetime football. They'll get it done. It's been real. It's Michael Bumpus along with my producer, Nasa Chobi. This is Hawk Talk. Recap edition. The Hawks fall to the Cardinals, but they can still win the NFC West. We'll holler at you next time. Thanks for listening.